I think we're copacetic here this morning with uh, all of our sound and everything. And uh, uh, if if it's raspy, it's my voice. I haven't even had a sip of coffee yet. I'll do that right now. There, a little coffee. Mm, that helps a little bit. Yes, it does. Well, we are in Matthew chapter 24 again today. Uh, picking up where we left off yesterday, we're picking up at the heading that says the abomination of desolation. And the abomination of desolation <clears throat> is one of those kind of dual meaning uh, phrases that we find in the scripture. First, the abomination of desolation is something that took place way back at uh, prior to the time of Christ. It took place uh, back in the days of um, 
Antiochus Epiphanes. Um, let me read some of this to you. Um, out of the book of Daniel, actually, it says this. The prophet Daniel mentioned the abomination of desolation in three places. Uh, one, in Daniel 9.27, he will make a firm covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the one week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and offering, and the abomination of desolation will be on the wing of the temple until the decreed uh, destruction is poured out on the desolator. And that's from the uh, Christian Standard Bible. Um, in Daniel chapter 11, it says, Forces shall be mustered by him. They shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Uh, and again, in Daniel 12, verse 11, from that time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of the desolation set up, there will be 1,290 days. Uh, the wording in the above translation indicates the abomination of desolation is an object. Some translations, it appears to be a person. Uh, regardless, I mean, here are some things that are true about what we're going to be considering here this morning. Uh, one is that a future ruler will make a, tre a treaty with the people of Israel. Two, the terms of this treaty will be for a week or a week, seven days. A week um, is symbolic for seven, seven days, seven weeks, seven years. Uh, midway through this time, this ruler will gather his troops and put an end to the sacrifices and offerings in the temple. Uh, at that time, the ruler will desecrate the temple, setting up some type of sacrilegious object, perhaps calling himself God. Uh, the desecration of the temple will continue until the day of, uh, of judgment, till the judgment of God is finally meted out on the ruler and his followers which is 1,290 days, three and a half years, and one month later. These are futuristic things uh, in some senses. There's a dual meeting. Some of this did happen uh, in, uh, 86, in B.C. 167 when Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple in Jerusalem. He called himself the word Epiphanes, or illustrious one, he set up an altar to Zeus over the altar of God. He sacrificed uh, a pig on the altar, which was sacrilegious. He went even further in his atrocities, slaughtering a great number of Jews and selling others into slavery. Um, issued a decree forbidding circumcision, requiring Jews to sacrifice to pagan gods. Um, I mean, then we know that this would then launch into the time of uh, where that would lead to the Maccabean revolt, and uh, the Maccabees would overflow Antiochus and chase the Syrians out of Jerusalem uh, and regain their city, and that that looks back to that time prior to. The time of Christ. Now, there are two different views about this. Some take this to be completely what is called a a, a, a preterist view, 
Um, and the preterist view would be that what Jesus is talking about are events that led up to AD 70 and the destruction of the temple. That's a preterist view. I hold a futurist view that says this is still yet to happen. In fact, I hold a dualist view in that what was talked about back in the book of Daniel uh, did take place uh, prior to the time of Christ, uh, partially, and that then it will again be uh, fulfilled uh, at a time yet to come, a time yet future, a time when... um, During the tribulational period, and, and that is what we would call it, is is the tribulational period. Let me take you into the text, and let's take a look at what the text has to say in Matthew 24. When you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Now, again, we see Jesus referencing Daniel here, and he says, when you see, it's a future tense. It is not a uh, a tense that, that would have taken place. Um, he is not speaking in a past tense tense. He is speaking in a futurist tense. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of his house. Let no one in the field go back and get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. There are going to be horrible times. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Now, we're going to get into lots of different aspects of this. Let me keep reading. At that time, if anyone, of, if anyone says to you, look, here is Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. And there's a bit of a warning here. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out, or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, is the lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Whoever, wherever there is a carcass, the vultures will gather. Now we will go back and look at this in uh, the message paraphrase to see how it renders, but uh, as we read this, we see it in very much uh, a future, a future tense. Something that will happen. There are horrible days. In, they're inescapable days, and that's that's where he says uh, it'll be dreadful days for pregnant women nursing mothers. Uh, says pray that your flight will not play, take place in the winter on the Sabbath. It says there, verse twenty one. There will be great distress. Look at verse twenty one. There we go. That'll help if I get my mouse in the right place. It says there will be, verse 21, there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. Again, I take the futurist view for then there will be, it is future tense, unequaled from the beginning, great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, 
never to be equaled again. I mean, this this is not highly inspirational stuff that we're looking at this morning. Not at all. I mean, we're looking at stuff that is, uh, it's a warning. Scripture has warnings, and we need to pay heed to the warnings that Scripture gives. Really, it's warning us, you don't want to be a part of those days. Now, there is language in here, pray that your flight does not take place in winter or on Sabbath. I mean, some would look at that verse, verse 20, and say, this really is talking about uh, Christians going through the tribulation. Um, Some would believe that the rapture does not happen until after the tribulation or during the tribulation, maybe at the three and a half year point of the tribulation at which time this uh, the antichrist will establish himself as the ruler uh, of of all things on the earth will call himself god will displace god uh, which will be the ultimate uh, desecration uh, and abomination of desolation that will take place during the tribulational period that will happen so some take the view that uh, the rapture will happen midway through the tribulation. Others would say, no, even Christians are going to go through the tribulation because of some language that we find, like pray that your flight doesn't take place. Now, here's my answer to that. I believe that the rapture happens prior to the tribulation. Otherwise, as things begin to unfold in the tribulation, then we would begin to be able to count down the days until Christ's return. No one knows the day. No one knows the hour. We're told that in the book of Acts, the first chapter. No one knows the day. No one knows the hour of the return of Christ. And uh, so for that reason, I believe that the and other reasons, I believe the rapture takes place prior to the tribulation. However, there will be people who become believers during the tribulational period. There will be those who will read, uh, who, who will have heard of the rapture, who will have heard of the Christian narrative, who will be in a place where they will understand, I missed it. I missed the rapture. I didn't make it. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. Uh, I am not getting to go through the the tribute uh, through the rap. I didn't go through. And it wasn't taken out in the rapture, so therefore I will go through the tribulational period. There will be those who believe uh, in Christ during that tribulational period that will yet take place. There will be witnesses. Uh, There will be many who come to faith in Christ. There will be 144,000 Jewish people who come to faith in Christ during the tribulational period. So there will be those who come to Christ. But but when you look at verse 21, for there will be great distress. Let me get that back up there. There will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never be equaled again. I mean, it's even worse than the flood. And you remember the flood uh, really recreated the world. The, the flood uh, really... Um, destroyed all things and all living things uh, except for those on the ark. Uh, and so you think also the days when there was the um, the sulfur fire that fell from heaven in the days of, of Lot. Well, verse 21 says, there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now never be equaled again. 
Uh, are, are we ready for that? Uh, do we believe in that? Um, that's a question. Are you ready? Are you ready to be raptured? Do you know that you know Christ? Uh, do you know that uh, if the rapture were to happen today, that you would be a part of that? Do you know that? Are you absolutely convinced of that reality? I hope so. If not, I encourage you. Now, there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of debate, a lot of scholarly argument about what we're talking about here. Uh, suffice it to say, there will be a tribulation. Suffice it to say, there will be an Antichrist. Suffice it to say that there will be um, great dread that will happen. Suffice it to say that the abomination of desolation will take place. Suffice it to say that there are days that you don't want to go through. You think of the economy. There will be a one-world economy. You think of the economy, and you realize that there will be... Um, the necessity of the mark of the beast that is spoken of in the book of Revelation, that you will not be able to buy or sell unless you have that mark on your forehead or on your hand. Uh, you will not be able to buy or sell. Um, so people who become Christians during the tribulational period, or if another view, uh, a mid-tribulational rapture or a post-tribulational rapture is, is accurate, uh, and we as Christians go through those days, uh, then we will be forced to make a decision. Get the mark or stand for Christ. It's easy to say we'd stand for Christ, but uh, it isn't always so easy. There are challenges that we will face uh, in those days if, if this would happen to us. And for those who come to faith in Christ, the many Jews that will come to faith in Christ, and the many who, who rejected Christ prior to the rapture that takes place prior to the tribulation, uh, they will remember and perhaps they will turn as a few billion people disappear from planet Earth. Now, let me go down a little bit further here in the text, and let's look at a few other things. Verse 22 says, if those days have not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. The elect, again, we believe referencing those who trust in Christ in those days. And then the, the, the warning, verse 23, 24. 23 says, if at that time anyone says, look, here is the Messiah, there he is, don't believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, what I want to mention here in this is the reality that not every miracle is from God. Not every great sign is from God. Not every great wonder is from God. Uh, again, in the book of Revelation, uh, it, it also talks about the powers to deceive that that the Antichrist and his minions will have so that even they will be able to deceive people through their miraculous powers. This is where we have to be cautious. Um, a 
of the great signs and the great wonders because the scriptures make very clear that there are those who will do signs and wonders who will lead us not to Christ, but away from Christ, who will lead us to the suffering that might be in Christ. It will promise us prosperity and promise us no pain and, and tell us that if you, if you're not prospering and if you, and if you do have pain, it's because you don't have enough faith um, or other things that they may tell you. Now, now, you know what? I mean, to a certain measure, there could be a modicum of truth to the fact that a lack of faith leaves us in a place where we don't have, uh, where we're not prospering. I mean, there, or, or not just a lack of faith, but a lack of walking with God. I mean, we are told that in the book of Psalms, uh, if you want to be the blessed person, blessed is the person who uh, doesn't doesn't walk, doesn't stand, doesn't sit with the sinful people, but rather his delight is in the law of the Lord. Uh, and then it talks about the prospering that that person does who walks with God. So I'm not saying that there isn't prospering. I'm not saying that there isn't blessing. What I am saying, though, is that we have to be careful to not be deceived because not every miracle, not every sign, not every wonder is necessarily given by God. And, and that is what Jesus tells us here uh, in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, verse 24, false messiahs, false prophets will appear, perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Some would say that those will be powers that will be on display during the tribulation only. No, I think that these are powers that will uh, that, that are currently present. I do think that Satan and his minions have incredible powers even now to deceive people, and we must be careful. If it, if it isn't pointing us to Jesus Christ, if it's pointing to self, 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 and, and what you get to have uh, and, and promising always to be prosperous and promising no suffering, that is contrary to the plain teaching of Scripture. Watch out for that teaching. Go a little bit further down in the text here. Uh, verse 27 tells us this, For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. It will be very evident that when the Son of Man comes, everybody's going to know. There's not going to be conjecture. All will know. Now, this this coming of the Son of Man is not the rapture. This is after the tribulational period when he comes and when he establishes his kingdom, his millennial reign on the earth taking place uh, at the end of the tribulation. I just want to go through and read this uh, in the message paraphrase. Um, in fact, I'm going to begin at verse 3, uh, and we will look at this in the message. Uh, later, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples approached and asked him, Tell us, when are these things going to happen? What will be the sign of your coming that the time's up? Jesus said, watch out for doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities claiming, I am Christ, the Messiah. They will deceive a lot of people. When reports come in of wars and rumors of wars, keep your head and don't panic. 
This is routine history. This is no sign of the end. Nation will fight nation. Ruler will fight ruler over and over. Famines and earthquakes will occur in various places. This is nothing compared to what's coming. They're going to throw you to the wolves and kill you. Everyone hating you because you carry my name. And then going from bad to worse, it will be dog eat dog. Everyone at each other's throat. Everyone hating each other. In the confusion, lying preachers will come forward and deceive a lot of people. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing left of their love but a mound of ashes. Staying with it, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You'll be saved. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world, a witness staked out in every country, and then the end will come. You see the heading, the abomination of desolation. Be ready to run for it when you see the monster of desecration set up in the temple sanctuary. The prophet Daniel described this. If you've read Daniel, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're living in Judea at that time, run for the hills. If you're working in the yard, uh, don't return to the house to get anything. If you're out in the field, don't go back and get your coat. Pregnant and nursing mothers will have it especially hard. Hope and pray this won't happen during the winter or on a Sabbath. This is going to be trouble on a scale beyond what the world has never seen or will ever see again. If these days of trouble were left to run their course, nobody would make it. But on account of God's chosen people, the trouble will be cut short. If anyone tries to flag you down, calling out, here's the Messiah, points, there he is, don't fall for it. Fake messiahs, lying preachers are going to pop up everywhere. Their impressive credentials and dazzling performances will pull the wool over the eyes of even those who ought to know better. But I've given you fair warning. So if they say run to the country and see him arrive, or quick, get downtown, see him come, don't give them the time of day. The arrival of the Son of Man isn't something you go to see. He comes like swift lightning to you. Whenever you see crowds gathering, think of the carrion vultures circling, moving in, hovering over a rotting carcass. You can be quite sure it's not the living son of man pulling those crowds in. Not at all. Verses 29 through 31 says, Following those hard times, the sun will fade out, Mood, a cloud will cover, stars will fall out of the sky, cosmic powers will tremble, then the arrival of the Son of Man, it will fill the skies, no one will miss it. Unready people all over the world, outsiders to the splendor and power will raise a huge lament as they watch the Son of Man come blazing out of heaven. At that same moment, he'll dispatch his angels with a trumpet blast, summons, pulling in God's chosen from the four winds, from pole to pole, bringing them all together. I will go further. Um, tomorrow, with what we have to look at, he talks about the lesson from the fig tree. I'm just going to cover this a little bit. Take a lesson from the fig tree. From the moment you notice its buds form, the, the merest tint of green, you know summer's just around the corner. So it is with you. When you see these things, you'll know he's at the door. Don't take this lightly. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for all of you. 
This age continues until all these things take place. Sky and earth will wear out, but my words won't wear out. Jesus gives us warning. Jesus gives us instruction about what is yet to come. Days we don't want to be a part of. We want to return with Jesus. We want to be raptured out and return with Jesus when he establishes his kingdom on the earth. Uh, in his thousand-year reign, we want to be with him in those days. And I want to encourage you to make sure that you will be a part of those days, making sure that you have placed your faith in Christ. I want to encourage you to be a student of the Scripture, to look at the Scriptures and to, to think of, of all that Jesus has said and to make sure that you're ready. Pray for your non-believing family members. Pray for your non-believing friends. Be a witness to them. Tell them about Christ, that they too may believe and be spared those horrible, horrible days. Lord, help us to live for you. Help our faith to not grow cold. Help our hearts to not grow hard. Help us to continue walking with you, persevering until the end. That is our prayer. Help us to point others to you that they may believe and be spared the hardship that is yet to come. Help us to be a witness for you, Lord Jesus. That's our prayer that we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, hear our prayer. <laughs>